Well, amen. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. We'll just share a message entitled God's Watch Care. As we're uh, leaving 2019 and going into 2020, uh, it's good to know that the Lord watches over us and takes care of us. Isaiah chapter 43 and uh, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, and Ethiopia and Sheba uh, for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, <clears throat> thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather them from the west. Let's pray. <clears throat> God, we're so thankful uh, just for this uh, opportunity, Lord, to uh, look in the scriptures and remind ourselves about the watch care of God over us. We thank you, Lord, for many, many ways that we can uh, think back through this past year of how you've uh, intervened in our life and how you guided and directed and how you pro protected us, Lord. And we want to give you praise and honor tonight and glorify your name uh, for your goodness towards us. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we might be able to leave here knowing that we've heard something from the Lord that'll strengthen us and help us in this new year. And so bless us tonight. Bless the preaching of the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verse is verse 2. It says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You know, Peter would write, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. God's watch care over us. This chapter is a great chapter in the book of Isaiah because it is in reference to the goodness of God. And the goodness of God and the blessings of God are identified and mentioned 24 times in this chapter. And so Israel was a nation chosen by God, and God would not and will not turn his back on his people, Israel. And uh, God's watching over them, and it reminds us of how much God cares for us and watches over us. Uh, we do not know what 2020 has in store for us, but I can be assured of this, no matter what it has for us, uh, God will be with us and God will watch over us and care for us as a father does his children. Isaiah the prophet is just simply reminding Israel about the goodness of their God. He is encouraging them of God's faithfulness and uh, he's challenging them about God's greatness and uh, never allow problems and difficulties and situations in life to rob you of the joy of acknowledging the greatness of our God and the goodness of our God, the faithfulness of God in our life. It's a wonderful thing to have the Word of God before us and to be able to apply the truths 
of the promises that are written in this book in reference to our Christian life. And so Isaiah tells us, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I see a couple of things here. First of all, I see the problem that is before us, the problem that is before us. He says, when thou passest through the waters. It's interesting that he doesn't say if you pass through the waters. He says when you pass through the waters. And the reality is every one of us are going to go through difficult times in our life. There are going to be those times where we will know that we have nowhere to turn but turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be those times when we know that if God doesn't come through for us, we're not going to make it. And Isaiah is reminding us of the faithfulness of our God to be able to deal with the problem that we're going to go through before we even know what the problem is. And so I'm glad that he doesn't say if, he tells us when. The Apostle Paul experienced this matter of dealing with problems. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives us a short resume of his life and helps us to see the things that he experienced as he would be a great preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would not be always with easy times and easy way to go, but it would be through times of great difficulty in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse 23. <clears throat> it says, and um, they, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. He says, in labors more than and abundant. More abundant. Paul was a man that was devoted and committed to laboring for his God in the ministry that God had given to him. He said, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. And he says, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. The thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren." in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside these things that are without that what, uh, which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And so Paul acknowledges the fact that he had experienced problems that he would have to go through in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But is the Apostle Paul who constantly is writing about the comfort that we can have in the reality of God being with us. And so whatever struggles or whatever difficulties we may face in our Christian life, we're reminded that God is with us when we are going through those waters of trouble and difficulties. And uh, we're not immune to that. If the Apostle Paul suffered such great things, then certainly we can expect to suffer much. If Peter writes of the, the trying of our faith, then certainly we would expect that there would be trials of, in our faith. And so uh, Isaiah wants us to be encouraged to the fact 
that we are going to go through the troubled waters. But as we go through the troubled waters, there's a God in heaven who cares about us and is with us and will be with us going through those troubled waters. So the Apostle Paul experienced difficulties and trials in his life. So not only did Paul experience it, but Paul explained it. He explained what is going on in a person's life as they go through these trials. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 8 and 9, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says, Paul says, we are troubled on every side. You know, sometimes it just seems like uh, there's those times in our life that no matter which way you turn, uh, there's some obstacle there, some difficulty you got to get over. And he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. See, when we know that God is with us going through the trials, the problem is, is coming that we don't know about. But wait a minute, even though we may be troubled on every side, we're not distressed in life. Uh, we're not destroyed. He says, we're perplexed but not in despair. I don't understand the way things happen sometimes. Uh, I've had people over the years say, Pastor, I don't understand why this happened. Well, I don't either. Uh, There's many things that we're gonna have to face and go through in life. You're not gonna find the answer until you get to heaven. And the reality is when you get to heaven, it's not gonna matter anyway. And so whatever God wants to reveal to us, wonderful, and uh, how blessed that is, but if he chooses not to reveal them to us, then we can be assured of the fact that God is still with us. So we go through the waters and the trials. We're perplexed, but not in despair. He says in verse 9, persecuted and not forsaken. And I often like listening to uh, uh, Voice of the Martyrs. And I often go on their website and just read some stories of what Christians suffer around the world. But they're not forsaken of God. Just because they're persecuted in their faith, they're not forsaken of the Lord. And uh, don't, don't think when someone questions your faith or someone gets upset about you being a Christian, uh, don't take that in a personal way. They're fighting against Christ. They're not fighting against you. Uh, we may be persecuted, but we're not forsaken of God. And uh, sometimes people go out soul winning. They'll stop going soul winning because people have a tendency sometimes to get a little nasty on the doorstep. And, uh, but that, wait a minute, they're not speaking against you. They're speaking about against Christ. And so we may be persecuted for our faith, but we're not forsaken of God. He goes on in verse nine and says, cast down, but not destroyed. If God be for us and who can uh, stand against us. And so Paul is acknowledging the fact that the problems are gonna come and when they come, but realize this, they cannot destroy you uh, because God has promised to be with you and God has promised to see you through the troubles and uh, troubled waters that you may be facing. In verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4, he says, For which cause we faint not, not but, he says, though our outward man perish. And the reality is, our outward man is perishing every day. As the older you get, you don't get stronger and better looking. As you get older, <laughs> you get weaker and, uh, uh, and, and just mature looking. Amen. And uh, <laughs> Paul says, we've, uh, he says that literally, for this cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing, and it is perishing, it may per our outward man may perish quicker through persecution and suffering and trials that we go through. 
He says, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It's amazing to see people go through tragedies and difficulties and diseases in their life, but it seems when they're going through that trial, the inward man is, is renewed. The inward man is strengthened. The presence of God in that person's life. And then he identifies it in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, what we go through is not the end. We are living for eternity, and because of that, then we can experience a, a move of God in a great way and understand as we're going through it what it is God's going to do to be glorified in our life. So problems that are before us, uh, they're waiting for us. We're going to have to go through some things in 2020, but remember this, that the Lord is with us. You can experience it. You can understand it and explain it. Then Paul taught about it, this matter of suffering in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm sorry, in verse 12. He says, oh, uh, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in things which thou hast learned, has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And so Paul taught that, wait a minute, when trials come and difficulties come, uh, don't be distraught because of those things. Don't be overwhelmed by those things because God has already promised us that he would be with us when we go through those trials. And so Paul taught us that we can just hold on to our God and continue to walk in fellowship with him and he'll get us through. Whatever happened in 2019, praise God, it came to pass. It's gone. Uh, hallelujah, there may be problems and difficulties in our future, but there is a God who got us through the past problems that's going to get us through the future problems also. And so the problems before us. In our text verse in Isaiah, I not only see the problems before us, but I see his presence with us. He says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Now, what a great promise. I will be with thee, the presence of God. May I say, the difference in trials and difficulties is not based on the individual character of the person going through them, but rather is based on God's presence in that person's life. And God has promised to be with us. And you know, the presence of God met the needs in Moses' life. In Exodus chapter 33, we read about Moses before the Lord, and the reality is that it was the presence of God that would make a difference in Moses' leadership and Moses' life. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 14 uh, tells us, he said, my presence, this is God speaking with Moses, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. So there was the presence of God that met the needs in Moses' life in leading the children of Israel. Uh, I don't want to go in one direction to make one decision that's not in the direction that God is confirming that's the way he wants me to go, and he's promising that if I go that way, he'll be with me. Oftentimes, people make so many decisions in life, they do not pursue God about it. 
Uh, they don't pray about it. Uh, they don't commit themselves to the, the leading of God in reference to it. And then they get themselves in all kinds of trouble. Listen, God can get us through the trouble and bless us in the, the, the time of suffering if we know that, listen, we're not going to take one step and go in one direction without God assuring us that he's going with us in that direction. So it was the presence of God that made a difference in Moses' life. The presence of God makes the difference in our lives. In Psalm 16, Psalm 16 and verse 11, uh, we see that it, the, you know, um, the presence of God brought joy to the psalmist. It was the presence of God. Uh, you know, life can be hard sometimes, and it's, it's difficult to be joyful. But the reality is, is the presence of God that gives us joy. In Psalm 16 and verse 11, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And so what makes a difference in the believer's life is that when the trials come, and they will come, it is the presence of God that gives us joy in the midst of the trials. You know, Paul and Silas were in prison at midnight in the Philippian jail, and uh, they were singing praises unto their God. They weren't rejoicing in the suffering they were in. They were in a dungeon. They were chained to the walls, and uh, uh, they didn't have any freedom to go about. They didn't have uh, nice meals made for them or anything. They were in bondage in prison for preaching the gospel, but at midnight they sang praises unto God. That was based on the fact that in the midst of their suffering that God was present with them. And so it's the presence of God that brings joy to the psalmist. It's the presence of God that brings joys to, joy to our life and, uh, and joy to our heart. And uh, everything may not always be good in how you deal with things and what you have to face in life, but you can still have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it's not based on a false uh, excitement or a false entertainment. It's based on the reality of a living God who is ever present in your life. So his presence is what gives us joy. In Psalm 51, in verse 11, uh, we see that oh, uh, it was God's presence uh, that removed David's loneliness. In Psalm 51 and 11, David says, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me uh, with thy, uh, thy free spirit. And so it was the presence of God that removed the loneliness in the heart of David. Uh, we need to refresh ourselves and remind ourselves sometimes that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, God has promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. And if God be for us, then why do I need to fear man? If God is for us, why do I have to feel that I'm alone? Why, if God, Dr. Malone, you say, you and God make a majority. And if we just have God on our side and God is with us, then whatever the problem may be that we have to face, uh, we can uh, uh, overcome a spirit of loneliness and defeat in our life. And so it was the God's presence 
in the life of David that removed the loneliness of his heart. Well, I see in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, uh, that God's presence provides security for the believer. And uh, the world uh, may be aggressive and come at us, but it's God's presence that gives us security. Let your conversation or your lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So it is a sense of security that the believer has is the presence of God. I mentioned this morning a lady on the radio uh, calling in for financial counsel and was saying that she had $85,000 in credit card debt. And I thought, my goodness, I'd be calling somebody too needing some counsel if I was in a situation like that. But the reality is people get themselves in all kinds of debt. They get themselves in all kinds of uh, uh, compromising situations because they're trying to get everything that the world has to offer to give them a sense of security. The security of the believer is in Christ. And so when I go through the trials and I have to face the difficulties in life, I can be secure in who I am because I am hid in Christ. And so he has said he would never leave me nor forsake me. So I don't need to be covetous and trying to gain everything that this world has to offer. I find my security in the Lord and the Lord alone. My wife, my wife and I, over the years, I tell you, going to college or going out and starting a church, or doing whatever, I tell you, we, we literally have lived with nothing. Literally have lived with no income, lived with no money, uh, lived with no resources to gain any type of income, and trusted the living God to provide for us. And God has met needs upon needs upon needs in every situation. My sister-in-law got saved because of the fact that we were always happy and excited when we were in Bible college. We had absolutely nothing. And she couldn't understand. She said, I don't know, this is what she said. She said, I don't know what, what you have, but I want it. And she said this, you guys have nothing. You have nothing, but you're always happy and you're always excited. I don't understand that. It is security that we have because God has promised to be with us. He said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And so whatever problem comes in our life, it is the presence of God that provides security in the life of the believer. Well, I see in our text verse, the problem before us, his presence with us, but I also see his protection for us. It says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. There's the protection of God. They shall not overthrow thee, flow thee. The psalmist was very clear in identifying uh, the fact that God would be able to protect us. Look over in uh, Psalm 18. There's several psalms here. I'll be just kind of going uh, Psalm 18 and then going to the right a little bit and identifying some different verses. But in Psalm 18 and verse 18, we see the psalmist reveals God's ability to protect us. Psalm 18 and uh, verse 18 uh, tells us, They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. The Lord was my stay. Oh, they may try to prevent you. They may oppress you. They may oppose you. 
but it is the Lord that gives us the ability to be secure and stable. Psalm 34, Psalm 34 in verse 19, Psalm 34 and 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And so there may be many trials you'll go through. I see some folks don't go through any trials at all. But yet there's others that go through many trials. But wait, wait, remember this, that your afflictions may be many, but it's the Lord that delivers us out of them all. Uh, in Psalm 37, Psalm 37 and verse 17 also identifies this matter of God's ability to protect us uh, through whatever the trouble or trial is. Psalm 37 in uh, verse 17 says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. In Psalm 94, Psalm 94 in verse 22 uh, continues this thought in Psalm 94 in verse 22. But the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock and my, of my refuge. And so it is God who fights our battles. It is God who defends his people. It is God who gives us the victory. Psalm 118 in verse 13 says, Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. You know, it's just interesting over the years just to watch different people who expect failure. And I remember when I was in Dividing Creek, one of the older fellows, he's in heaven now. But I remember this older fellow was down there and we were trying to do some different things and trying to build the church and trying to bring people to Christ. And uh, we were working hard and established some, some different uh, means of being able to do ministry. And I saw him one day, he was sitting back in his pew like this, just sitting there like that. And I went over and I said, hey man, how's it going? You know, what are you doing? And he said, you know, you're instituting a lot of things we never did before. He said, we've never done things like that before. And I was like, well, you know, just because you hadn't done it before doesn't mean you can't do it now. And he said, well, I'm just, this is, he is smug, he said, I'm just waiting to see if it fails or not. I told him, I said, well, thanks a lot for your support. <laughs> this same guy was whining and crying to me when I was candidating about how the church was uh, poverty stricken and how the church was going to have to close its stores if something didn't happen and somebody comes and tries to do something, well, we'll see if it fails or not. Wow. I'm thankful that the Lord upholds us. I'm thankful that God is the rock in which we build our life. I'm thankful that I am assured of the fact that God is the one who will bless us and who will protect us no matter what the difficulty may be. I see that the psalmist revealed God's protection, but believers practice this matter of the protection of God. In uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, Paul is always encouraging the Thessalonians, and uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 is no different. Uh, he continues with this thought of the Christian living in light of the protection of God. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you 
and keep you from evil. That's the way the Christian lives. The Christian lives in the realm of God's ability to protect us and to watch over us and to care for us. And so don't, don't be afraid to launch out and try to do something for God. Oftentimes people say, well, I really couldn't try to do anything for the Lord. I just don't want to fail. Well, wait a minute. If God's in it, it'll be successful. If God is directing you, it'll be successful. If God is the one who is taking you down that path, then you can trust the fact that he'll get you through the problems that you may have to face. I'll tell you this. Every Christian life has problems it has to deal with. Every Christian ministry has problems it has to deal with. Nobody is exempt from it, but the Christian lives in the realm of the reality that God is the one who opens the doors and God is the one who protects us as we walk through that door. And so the protection of God. Well, Paul experienced in Acts chapter 13, the protection of God. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 23. My bifocals must be getting all steamed up in here. I can't see anything anymore. Anyway, it says, but uh, uh, that uh, in the night following, the Lord stood by him. This is what Paul was on his way to Rome on the ship as a prisoner. But the interesting thing is at night, the night following, the Lord stood by him. And I, I'm always amazed when I read this story of the reality of the presence of God in the life of, of Paul. But here it is. He says, be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now, if God has a plan and a purpose for your life, understand this. God is strong enough to make it happen. And he, Paul may be a prisoner. He may be on, on a ship that is struggling because of the of a storm that is on the sea. But God assures him, wait a minute, I still am strong enough to protect you in the midst of the storm. Uh, and he says in verse 12, and it's when, when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they, that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. I mean, you talk about conspiracies. In verse 13, it says, And there were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. Uh, what, a, what a shame, what a tragedy it is to, to think that people would form a conspiracy to try to eliminate the preacher from the opportunity of proclaiming the truths of the Word of God. But God was with him. And God reminded Paul, no matter where you're at, what you're experiencing, what you're going through, uh, I'm going to make it happen. I had you as a witness and as a preacher and a testimony in Jerusalem, but I want you to know this, you're going to testify in Rome also. And so, listen, your life isn't over until God says it's over. And so, uh, the psalm in our text verse, uh, the problem is before us, the, his presence is, is with us, his protection is for us. And then his power is through us. He says in our text verse, When thou passest through the waters, it shall be, uh, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle it upon thee. And so the power of God through us. I thought of the dynamic trio, I wanted to call them. The dynamic trio, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know in Daniel chapter 3, it tells us of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
as they were thrown in the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to the king's image. Uh, they would not succumb to the pressure of the world to compromise what they believed and how they practiced and how they worshiped. And as a result of it, uh, their, the power of God upon them gave them the ability to withstand the torments of man. And man may try to torment you, and man may try to discourage you, but wait a minute, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And if God is with us, the power of God can flow through us to stand against any opposition that may come against us. And so we have the dynamic trio. I, I thought of this. We have the determined saint at Job. I thought about old Job. You read through Job and you read of Satan's accusations against Job. You read about Satan's uh, uh, attacks upon Job. You see Satan attacking his possessions. He's attacking his family. He's attacking uh, his person. He attacks everything that Job has. But Job determined that he was going to walk with his God and live with his God. Job determined that he would not accuse his God falsely. And as a result of it, he was able to withstand the attack of Satan. And Satan wants to destroy. It goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may be able to devour. Well, I don't need to fear him because of the fact that we rebuke him in the name of Jesus and we stand in the power of God. And when the trials and the problems come and the attacks come, uh, we can enjoy the power of God flowing through us. So I see a dynamic trio. I see a determined saint. I see a demonstrative prophet. Uh, this demonstrative prophet is Hosea. You read Hosea chapter three, verses chapter three, verse one through three. You read about Hosea being commanded of God to take a wife and to take a wife who was a harlot. And he was a demonstration to endure the unfaithfulness of others. And because God would use his relationship with this woman who was a harlot to be a demonstration of how God felt about Israel's unfaithfulness to him. And the amazing thing is that if we would just allow God to be revealed through our lives, we can endure the unfaithfulness of others. I'm going to tell you, if there, is nothing, there is nothing that discourages a preacher more than not to see the people of God in church. I can tell you that right up front. There is not anything that discourages a preacher more than see people who are unfaithful. Well, how do you deal with that? You deal with it in light of the fact that, whoa, the prophet was willing to be faithful to his God irregardless of the unfaithfulness of his wife. And how we, every one of us, cannot allow others to discourage us and to defeat us because there is the power of God that enables us to continue on for the glory of God and we can demonstrate what faithfulness is. And so we have a de demonstrative prophet. Well, I see that we have a delightful preacher. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, uh, we have the Apostle Paul uh, preaching the Word of God. And certainly, he was committed to the gospel of Christ, and uh, he would have to deal with the opposition in preaching the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, Paul tells us this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 
the thing that will change America, the things that will change, brings revival in a church, the things that will restore the joy of our salvation is the preaching of the Word of God, proclaiming the truths that are in the Word of God. The delightful preacher was able to overcome negativism towards salvation. And yes, people don't like to hear that there's only one way to be saved, but they need to hear that. People don't like to hear, thus saith the Lord, but they need to hear it. And Paul was delighted to proclaim the gospel to those that even those that would not listen. And he was not afraid to proclaim that gospel because he understood that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ was the power of God unto salvation. And so we have a great power. We have great truth that we can share. So God's watch care over us. When thou passest through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt, they shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Uh, God's watch care in 2020. I'm expecting God to reveal the problems that we're going to have to deal with in our lives. We're all going to have problems. But wait a minute. In the midst of the problems, there's the presence of God. He is never going to leave you nor forsake you. You're never going to be alone. He is able to protect us. When the enemy is strong against us, realize there's still a God that's sitting on the throne of heaven who can protect us. And he releases his power through us. And we do not have to be defeated. We can be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We can be like Job who has everything restored to him. We can be like Hosea that is faithful irregardless of the unfaithfulness of others. And we can be a preacher, a proclaimer of truth, and overcome the wickedness that is in this world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can you do that? Because of God's watch care. It's not about man. It's not about how talented someone is, how popular someone else is, how much money they may have. It's about the power of God that's released in our lives because God cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. What a joy it is to have the Bible in front of us and be able to preach from it. Uh, be able to study it, be able to pray over it. We're thankful, Lord, that you give us strength, you give us peace, you give us joy. I'm thankful, Lord, that over and over you give us victory. And I, I'm thankful, Lord, that, that our lives are completely hid in you. And, Lord, we're thankful that you have promised that you would care for us. And so bless us, Lord. Give us hope. Give us strength. Give us a joy and excitement and a thrill, Lord, of what we're going to be able to see God do in 2020. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well,